absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin In. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I've got my co-host, the man who will play in as many Masters tournaments as Anthony Kim over the next few years, Scott. Scott, what's the good word? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not playing in the Masters. I did not get my invitation. Fortunately, you know, neither did Anthony Kim. So, uh, you know, it's out there. If you want to watch the tournament with me, Mr. Kim, by all means, give me a call. I really, I really miss Anthony Kim at Augusta. You know, I, I do too. He really, for those like few years, he had a a, a really decent career, um, and he had some good performances at Augusta. So, be nice to have him back. Now, I'm not mistaken in saying that he still holds the Masters record for most birdies made in a round. Correct? Isn't it nine? I do believe you're correct. Um, I don't know how many Spieth made in that little run he had in the fourth round last year. Oh, yeah, he finished eight under, I mean, after being, like, at even par, basically. Yeah, so if it's, yeah, it's either AK or Spieth from last year. Right. I'd like to think just for, like, mythology purposes that it's AK. I'd love to see him trancing down the fields of uh, Augusta National with an enormous belt buckle on. And funny enough, last night was WrestleMania, Scott, so a big, enormous belt buckle would be very apropos on Masters Monday. Uh, you know what? Maybe they should give out... I mean, they used to give out a belt for the, the Open Championship. So that is correct. Maybe they give out a belt for the Masters, too. Yeah, that would be pretty dope if they did. And it could just be like a big round, you know, gold disc. With just the Augusta logo on it. Yeah. Hey, I'm 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 down. I'm down, and I, and I would love to see Anthony Kim rock it with long flowing hair. Hmm. All right, yeah. so Scott, let's get into us a little bit. Um, you know, I gotta tell you, buddy, I'm not feeling too good as of late. Oh, what's going on? I got the Masters fever, baby. So you know what? Speaking of the Masters fever, this morning I got into work. I turned on my computer. It's about eight fifteen. Uh, and I was like, I wonder what's on the Masters website. Like, they always have live video. Players skipping balls across 16 was on today. Yeah, but not at 8 o'clock. True. There was nothing on 8 o'clock except for a 50-minute promo, a 50-second promo, I'm sorry, uh, of them just talking about how, you know, when it's time for the Masters, that's a sign of spring. And I must have watched that 50-second promo 15 times. Fair enough. It's 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 on almost loop until I got a phone call. <laughs> it's almost impossible to watch too much Masters coverage. It, it, well, because and they because and, a lot of it's limited, so yeah, you really can't watch too much because uh, they always leave you kind of wanting a little bit more. Yeah. Well, it's so. it's funny because you know how you know in life you would say moderation, moderation, moderation. And, you know, too much of a good thing could be a bad thing. Uh, Not true this week. I implore every single listener out there to just veg out in front of the couch and watch Masters coverage. Unless you have the ability to go out and play golf, right? I mean, I would definitely 
rather play and and DVR the Masters and be on the course and shut the phone off and be completely disconnected. But mm-hmm. if you can't, uh, and the weather is not going to look too nice in your neck of the woods, which, uh, you know, actually down in Augusta this week, the southeast is being hit with some rains. They actually had to throw people off the course today, Scott. Throw the patrons. Sorry, not people. They had to, um, what, do you, what would Augusta lingo be? They had to escort all the patrons from the premises because due of to, foul weather? Due to unfortunate atmospheric conditions, Augusta National Golf Course is now closed to the public. Right, and I bet all, you the green... All patrons must depart at their earliest convenience. Yes, yes, promptly at their earliest convenience. I have a feeling the green jackets down there are probably a little bit pissed because in their world, they can control everything but Mother Nature. Uh, well, so here, so let's go back to conspiracy theories. If Bryson wins this week, mm. maybe they're just trying to fund his weather control device. You know, I, I wonder if we could see what the beta waves were doing while there was no rain delay, and mm. then compare that to what the theta waves did once Augusta announced that there was indeed going to be a rain delay. Mm. That could be like something that they keep on that, uh, you know, the big scoreboard. Yes, or you might be able to watch that somewhere on Masters.com live coverage. Yes, that would be cool, too. All right, let's get into We're going to talk a ton of Masters this stuff, right? We're going to hit up a few different pods this week, so we're going to give you a lot. I mean, obviously, it's the first major of the year. Uh, the PGA Tour doesn't want you to believe that. They want you to believe we already had one down uh, in and around Jacksonville, but this is the true first major of the year. Scott, I'm actually wearing my Masters belt today. Um, I seriously consider just throwing on green stuff all week um but i figured that'd be too much it's not too much i'm telling you right now uh as someone into fashion it's not too much i'm gonna wear a little bit of masters each day uh but let's cover some stuff first and then we'll, we'll get back to it again too um hey did you watch any of the the anwa the augusta national women's amateur tournament that they held on saturday at augusta national so uh, my plan was actually to watch a lot of it, um, but then it was so nice out that I just my daughter and I went outside, you know, played some kickball with the neighbors and just had a good time. Um, but I, I did catch a lot of the highlights after, and I have to say there, there was some good golf. Okay, I would love to chime in, but I was at an all weekend baseball tournament Saturday and Sunday. So I saw none of it whatsoever. Um, now, eventually, I'll get around to it. You know, I saw some pictures online here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was dope. But one of the biggest positives that people were talking about and people were telling me was that playing from the members' tees, you mm-hmm. could see the routing and how well Augusta flows because a green would finish and the players would walk right across to the next tee box. Now, that doesn't happen with the guys' tour. When the guys are there, they're walking 150 yards back into the woods, you know, uh, onto property that used to be owned by Augusta Country Club. Yes. So that actually, that was the the coolest part about it, is that they're playing it from the member's tees. Um, And I would say 
uh, other than 18, um, pretty much every hole was still just as challenging. Yeah, well, and especially with the distance that they're hitting it. Although, look, some of those yep. girls were bombing it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they they can play. Oh, for, my God, yeah, they can play. You know, for most of them, a lot of them being, you know, teenagers, you know, that's a really high-level golf. Right, right. Well, I mean, the biggest thing is that you have these girls that could go out and destroy basically any Augusta member. Um in a match, in nine holes, you know, whatever, you name it. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think it would be, you know, really all that close, probably for most members. Yeah, I think, I think the only one that might come close to them would be Jeff Knox. Uh, yeah, you're probably right, Jeff you know? Knox, official marker of the Masters tournament. So uh, the Augusta National Women's Amateur, they go two rounds at Champions Retreat, which is a private course in and around Augusta as well. Then th- this is very odd. They take Friday off. They let every single girl in the field play a practice round at Augusta. Very cool, right? You know, it's kind of yep. like, hey, congratulations. Um, you didn't make the cut. You know, 42 of you didn't make the cut, but you'll get to play Augusta anyway. So that's dope. And they make top 30 make the cut. They had an incredible playoff. They had 11 girls for 10 spots in the playoff to get to mm-hmm. the Saturday round at, um, at Augusta. And then, uh, you know, one of the biggest complaints, I mean, okay, first off, here are my thoughts real quick. I think it's phenomenal. I think literally in less than 10 years, mark my words, we're going to have a women's professional tour event at Augusta. That is exactly what I was thinking, that this is just them laying the groundwork for, you know what, it's the right time to do it, let's have a women's professional major here. Yeah, I don't know what it will be called, I don't know if it's going to be a major, I don't know if they're going to try to like, I don't know, buy out another major, I mean, what are we going to do, have six women's majors? If it's at Augusta, it's a major. Yeah, I, I I agree, but I mean, so so we went from four with the with the women to now five because we the, the Evian is the fifth. Um, right. I mean, do they just talk to the A and A inspiration and be like, hey, look, um, you can we can we'll give you a commercial if you give us your major, and we'll host mm. it at Augusta and we'll take care of it. Mm. I don't know. I don't know where they go from there. But it's 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 dope as hell. It's a great idea, but um, but how about this? And I understand that the tour schedules are so packed, and I understand Augusta is one of those courses that is not open year round. I get it that you can't play it in the winter, but it's open in the fall, and it's a gorgeous time of the year down in the southeast. D- does it need to be opposite the ANA inspiration, the first major? of the women's pro tour where a lot of amateurs do get in like, okay, here's, so here's my point, Scott, you're a top female amateur. Okay. What are you going to choose if given the opportunity? You, you can go into both. Are you going to play a major on the women's tour or are you going to try to win the Augusta national women's amateur? What are you choosing? Uh, I'm going to Augusta because it's Augusta. Because chances are, and obviously anything can happen, but chances are I'm not winning that major. 
But if I'm if I'm a top flight amateur golfer, there's a good chance I'm gonna win this. You know, the uh, there's a good chance I'm gonna win at Augusta. Right. Where I'm probably not gonna win a professional major yet. I I agree, and I'll give you another perspective on it as well. If I'm a top tier women's amateur player, then odds are when I turn pro, I'm probably gonna make it into the women's majors. I'll probably play the ANA inspiration as a pro. Right. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. You know, I have an opportunity to play Augusta or I have an opportunity to play in a major. Yeah, it's great to get experience, but it's not like I'm winning money anyway. And playing at Augusta is a great experience, too. All right. We, so, we go ahead. I was going to say. So, I, I mean, if you think about. You know, not that there's a, a list of amateur majors, but there's a list of amateur majors. Like, we, we know what they are. Yes. So, for an amateur golfer, uh, this is on that list. Yeah. You know, what's funny is is I'm wondering, you know, I'm thinking in my head right away, right? The North-South, the USAM, uh, the Publix Championship, uh, the Western Am. I'm wondering if it's the same for females. If females see those as majors or if there's like something different within the female ranks that is up there as high as a major amateur amateur major uh i'm sure i mean i'm sure the the women's usam is definitely probably probably the top of the list and then you know work your way from there right right all right well this is, this is probably either one or two now yeah, I would I would agree. I would think so, and it goes to show how important the type of course you play on is to the tournament. You know. Yep, absolutely. Because this this thing came out of nowhere within the last year. They say we're going to have it at Augusta, and then it's literally like the highest rated amateur tournament in the last decade. It's instant street cred. Yes, hundred um, percent. So let me ask you this question then. That's interesting on some of those points and. You know, you mentioned how important it is to play at Augusta. So, you are who you are, right? Scott, you are an amateur golfer right now. You've never Very won more that. more money than maybe $9 off of me playing on the course. And you are given this opportunity, okay? You are given your normal golf routine throughout the year, playing golf in, in you know, uh in and around Westchester, New York area, maybe some on Long Island, some in PA with me. And you do your normal stuff. You play your normal 35, 40 rounds a year, right? Or you are given a chance to play Augusta National, but you are not allowed to play any other golf for the rest of the year. It's one round at Augusta. We have a very abbreviated golf season, as we know. It's about eight months, sometimes even seven if the weather's bad. This year it's pretty decent, though. Mm. So you can play no other golf but Augusta National, but we will let you practice up until it's time to play Augusta. But then once you are done with Augusta, you must put your clubs on the shelf and not touch them again until the following year. Which one would you choose? What is the round like this time of year in April? It's when it, when it sure whenever you want it to be, it could be the day after the Masters if you want. I uh, I mean, if I can push it to August, <laughs> but um, let you know, let's say it's in June and then I got shut it down for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I could do it. Okay, for I, one year, 
I, I, I could do it. Yeah, I, I want to say I could do it, but I know how hard I'm jonesing for golf coming out of the winter. I mean, I'm the dude hitting balls when it's 25 degrees out in this a foot of snow. Mm. Um, man, I, I, I don't like the, the premise of having no golf whatsoever, but one round at Augusta, especially if you could practice and you were playing well going into it, whew, I, I'm thinking give me that, you know? Yeah, I, it, again, it's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. So if you're telling me that once-in-a-lifetime comes at some cost, and that's what the cost is, uh, cost-benefit analysis. If Fair you're enough. Me it's never going to happen other than in this situation, then i gotta, I got to take the deal. Yeah, I hear you. All right, I'm down. I'm the same way. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram and let us know your thoughts on that as well. Would you give up golf for an entire year? just to play Augusta National. Scott, let's go to the Valero Texas Open. Monday qualifier, Corey Connors. Monday qualifies and wins. Dude drops 18 birdies this weekend and gets an invite to the Masters. Is Corey Connors living his best life ever? Uh, I don't see how it could possibly get any better than that. Um, Now, just, this is not his first trip to Augusta. I think he played in 2015, maybe. Uh, so he has one other Masters trip. Um, and he's, I think other than that, he's played in a, a U.S. Open. So this is his third major ever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you Monday qualify and win, and that that's changed your life right there. Yeah, that's... Again, PGA Tour winner forever. That's that's golden ticket stuff. That's Willy Wonka, golden ticket. That's, that's win the lottery. Um, what, what did do you, th- you see? Did you see? And, and I, I, I knocked the PGA Tours social media, but they had a, an interview with him and his girlfriend or wife or his significant other in some way. Okay. Um, and for the, the most part, it was kind of like ridiculous. But the first scene is her like holding like a glass of wine, making like a huge surprise face. And he's just like, oh, I see you have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of it, I, I didn't even care about. That was hysterical. Um, and she seemed genuinely excited for him. So, you know, rock, rock and roll to the two of them. Yeah, um, no, that's so, pretty cool. But, but yeah, good job on the, the PGA Tour social media on that one. Yeah, and, our, and, and I, would, I don't want to say our boy because he's definitely your boy, but Charlie Hoffman finishes second. Long hair, don't care. Uh, I do like me, Charlie Hoffman. You know, I like Charlie Hoffman. He's a good guy. He's trying to get in. And, uh, well, is he in already? No, he he's in because he finished uh, oh, he top 12 last year. Oh, right, all right, right. Yeah, so, well, yeah, I mean, still almost chased him down, but, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I still mean. Still playing the Masters, though. So yeah, exactly. But the Corey Connor story is, is awesome. Uh, the one thing I did not like about the PGA Tour is that they were using their social media, and I feel like, I feel like you now. What I hate about the PJ Tours, they were using their social media to promote how cool it is for Corey Connors to Monday qualify and win, when in reality, why was Corey Connors needing to Monday qualify for the Valero Texas Open? You well, know, like if you you look at the kind list, of, kind of found himself in like a weird reshuffle spot. Yeah, I, um, I like I get it and I understand, but a dude of that caliber 
at, at basically an off-tour event. Because let's be honest, I mean, if you asked 10,000 people what the tournament before the Masters is, I mean, there's going to be like two that tell you it's the Valero Texas Open. I only know yeah, it because yeah, my boy Poulter won yeah. last year to get into the Masters. Right. That's the only reason this tournament's even on my radar. Mm. There was a nice article about that on the, the Masters website, too. This, oh yeah, I, I read that about getting uh, your invitation from, from the Masters, which we yeah. are still waiting on, uh, FYI, Green Jacket. Yeah, I, I just want to hang out. I don't need to play. Just putting it out there. Yeah, I don't even want to bother anybody. I just want to walk the grounds again. You know, we'll talk later mm-hmm. this week. We're gonna we're gonna do a pod, right? We'll talk about our experience when we were there. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Oh, definitely, definitely. Because the uh, just looking back at the pictures alone to kind of refresh my memory has been phenomenal. But yeah, okay. So uh, Valero, Texas Open. Any anything else to, to talk about this? I mean. We, guys, literally, guys, we've talked every about everything I know about it. Okay, good because I watched <laughs> about eight minutes of coverage. Um, I caught Taryn Gregson from PJ Tour Live. I caught her recap, and aside from that, uh, let's be honest: the last two weeks have been a, last week has been about the build up to the Masters, and this week is about the Masters. Yep, truth. So. Let's start off. We talked about the the ANWA, the Augusta National Women's Amateur. So that was Saturday. Sunday was the Drive Chipping Putt National Championship Finals. Now both my boys have participated in this. Uh, they've they've made it as far as well. One has made it as far as the regional competition, but we weren't able to go because we were on vacation. And I see no point in you know booking flights and alternate uh, switching yeah. up vacations and completely um uprooting us from our routine for him to hit three drives three chips and three putts you know what i mean um yeah no i'm totally with you but it's dope as hell anyway and a boy from you know a young man matt vital from bethlehem which is literally 25 minutes from me um, and I've played the course that he's a member of, Northampton Country Club. Kid wins the uh, drive, chip, and putt 12 to 13 age group national championship. Wow, uh, that that's pretty awesome. A big shout out to uh, your area of PA for that, kid. And, uh, uh, yeah, that that's pretty awesome. I mean, again, you know, going back to you know having the women's amateur there, having drive, chip, and putt. I mean, talk about, you know, growing the game and getting people into it. Well, I don't know that anyone's doing more than Augusta right now. They are definitely on the right path. They're on the right track. Um, it's it's funny. Well, let me just say, the kid hold out a chip, I mean, which was like basically the, the, the nail in the coffin. You know, like he mm-hmm. was third after the drive, hold out a chip and, and hit, you know, two good putts. But uh, so congratulations to Matt Vital uh, of Bethlehem and Northampton Country Club. He's an eighth grader down there at Lehigh Valley Academy private school down there. So, uh, you know, that's that's phenomenal. I hope to see him at some of the junior tour events, which my kids play. You know, I'm sure we will. I'm sure I have seen him. I just, you know, never recognized him before. Um, well, now that he's, uh, he's big time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, it got me thinking, Scott. <clears throat> we talk about grow the game. Well, we don't, but, you know, that's that's a very – 
big catchphrase out in golf. Yeah, it's a hashtag. It's a catchphrase. And I wonder how much growth is actually done within golf. Because it it, it got me thinking. I see this. I see a kid down from the Bethlehem area of Pennsylvania, Lehigh Valley. And I go, wow, like, I wonder if, like, a Grow the Game initiative got this kid into golf. And then I see he's a member at a very exclusive country club. He goes to a private school. You know, I, I feel like when you get to the top levels of the drive, chip, and putt, or even, like, the regional or sub-regional competitions, it's all those type of kids, you know? So it's well, awesome. the kids whose parents can afford you know, lessons and things like that. Right. That, I mean, that's the thing. And like, you know, I feel like you and I are champions for municipal golf or public golf. I mean, we've, we've, we've come up and we've done golf our way and it's always just been our way. You know, I mean, I've got a piece together swing, you know, I've never had a lesson in my life. Um, you and I grew up at the most public of golf courses on Long Island, an area steep and rich in country club tradition, you know? Yeah. But how many of us are out there? I feel like we're in the minority. And now that we're, you know, deeper involved in the golf, I feel like within golf circles, we can mix and mingle with anybody. But at the heart of what we do, I think there's still a very strong public golf origin. Oh yeah, I mean, there, there's part of me who, who every now and again wants to just go back to Candiac and just play with iron. Amen. So I totally, totally get you. You know, I I love the idea of of these ultra private clubs, and I don't get me wrong, I like playing the courses. I know you do as well, but I just feel like if if doors were broken down and things were more accessible to people. You know, maybe there would actually be kind of like a grow the game initiative. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, I will say this, I, and I, I do think that there is some of that going on. There's the the town that I at my school that I teach in is uh, they're building a nine hole par three course, um, which will have five sets of tee boxes. So they're you know it'll they can stretch it or there'll be like a like a family tea for people to go with their kids and things like that. Um, which, you know, and from what I've seen, it's the court, the holes are going to range from like 50 to 200 yards. And I don't mean there'll be a 50 yard hole. Like each hole can stretch that much. Yeah. Look, I'm going to tell you what, that sounds literally like the coolest thing ever because there is nothing, but be- I'm going to go on record and say there's nothing better in golf than awesome par three courses because anybody can play and they are so much fun yeah and and they're building this there was a golf course there that closed like maybe 10 years ago and i was like oh they'll just clean it up they there's bulldozers there they started over um and you know right now they're digging out a big hazard um so uh, i mean i think it's going to open supposedly at the end of the summer um, but we'll see what happens. Well, we'll least, be there. If nothing else, next year. Yeah. When it does open, I will be there with my camera. We will be there, and maybe we can even, you know, do a pod from there because that's – I'm telling you, as I get older and playing golf with the boys, and, and, and believe me, they're better golfers than, than I'll ever dream of being, but 
There's just something awesome about grabbing five to six clubs, maybe seven clubs, and throwing them in a bag, making it super light, throwing a drink in your bag, a snack, and just playing nine or 18 holes of a par three course. Mm-hmm. You know, and we grew, yeah. up, we grew up playing a public par three course at Jones Beach as well. <laughs> and, and, well that, and that one in that, Deer Park. That joint, that joint, so it's funny you mentioned that. Because I, I looked at that the other day. I was like, maybe I'll do that this summer. My you know, wife and daughter will go to the beach. I'll head over there. And that, that place is closed. Uh, that's a, I'll tell you, uh, hey, I got a funny story. It's a shame. Uh, my wife and I played there the first time she ever came to Long Island. And as soon as I walked in, like, the gate to get in, I found a dollar bill on the ground. And I was like, and, and the greens fees were like five bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like dirt cheap. Yep. And I was like, this is the greatest place ever, and I'm only paying four bucks for a greens fee. Mm-hmm. And those I holes. Played the, the, I played there the first time when I was seven years old. That's awesome. Was that with your grandfather? Yep. Yeah, that is so cool. That's, it's, yeah, it's awesome. And it sucks when places like that close because that place was always busy. It was five bucks to play. I, I don't even remember. It was eighteen or nine holes, but the holes range from thirty-seven yards. I remember specifically. I don't know why I remember mm-hmm. that. To like you know eighty-nine yards or something. Yep. Small. It was, it was eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Small greens. You know, right on the beach. I mean, that's it. it has to be the worst mismanagement in the world for a place like that to close. Well, state of New York. So yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's get back to the Masters because look, life is all about the Masters this week and nothing else. Scott, let's go top three things you love about the Masters, and believe me, I understand that it is very difficult to narrow it down to just three things, but we're going to try to do that here today. So, yeah, so uh, I made a list. Yep. Uh, some of of my list, I think you will agree with. I see your list and I agree with a lot of that. Right. So I will, I will give you my number one. Go ahead. Uh, the, the par three contest is the best non-competitive event in all of sports. Go ahead. Prove me wrong. Cannot. Yeah, Cannot. Exactly. This, this par three contest is the equivalent and, and I, and it is better, but I'm just telling you as far as sports goes, mm-hmm. it's the equivalent to the NBA all-star game to the hockey All-Star Game, to the NFL Mm -hmm. Pro Bowl, to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, which is the only thing that Mm -hmm. comes close to touching it in terms of greatness. The Par 3 contest is the PGA Tours non-competitive All-Star Game. I totally agree, and that's exactly how I would consider it. The only difference being, in all those All-Star Games, the only people playing are actual players. Right. In this, you have players' kids, players' wives, players' girlfriends. You have Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, and Tom Watson playing. So it's like Old Timers Day plus an All Star game plus, like, you know, a family picnic all rolled <laughs> into one. Oh, and last year, who won? <laughs> That's a great question. I have no freaking clue. Wait a minute, I- Tom Watson. Tom Watson. Tom Watson won last year. So, and again, I'm not the hugest Tom Watson fan in the world, but Tom Watson won a competitive, sort of semi-competitive event <laughs> yes, at Augusta right. National last year. Yes. 
wow, that's that's crazy. I couldn't think of it. And then literally, I rem- I remember that. And he was like seven or eight under or something stupid like that, six under or something. I mean, yeah, that's dude. That's why par three courses are so great. Yeah, and Jack Nicklaus finished like fourth. And Jack Nicklaus's son had a hole in one. Grandson had a hole in one. Yes. Well, maybe it was his great-grandson even. I don't even remember. I think it was his grandson. And Tony Finau dislocated his ankle after making a hole-in-one. And then popped it back in and proceeded to play ridiculously well in the first round. And then that prompted me to sell the shoes that he was wearing when he dislocated his ankle. That's right, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have dislocated my ankle twice, and there was no way in hell I was wearing those shoes on the golf course. All right, so... (laughs) So, yeah, so again, so no one's proven me wrong. What what do you got? Um, okay, so in no particular order. Are we going to go back and forth, or you want me to just give all three? We'll go back and forth. Go for it. In no particular order. One of my favorite things is the price of food there. Uh, you're 100% right. If I bring $20 to a New York Jets game, I am going to get the following. A soda, a pretzel, and a hot dog. That is going to cost me $20. Maybe, if not more. Eaten eaten within the ambiance of MetLife Stadium filled with gray Mm. seats. If I bring $20 to Augusta National, I am eating in golfer's heaven three to four drinks two to three barbecue sandwiches, a moon pie, if you will, my favorite treat on property, the Augusta, Georgia, peach ice cream sandwich, mm-hmm. um, and then a bag of chips as well. Now, notice, Scott, how I just threw out those numbers, right? Four to five of this, two to three of that, because you can get it all for 20 bucks. Uh, you'd probably throw some change there, I think. Soda. $2. Chips, a buck. Barbecue sandwich, two fifty. Pimento cheese sandwich, $1.50. Moon pie, a dollar. Ice cream sandwich, two bucks. Yeah. I think we, we bought a pimento cheese, took a bite each, and then threw it out because it was only $1.50 and we didn't really care. It's exactly what we did. We have pictures to prove it. I'll put it up on Instagram after this, at uh, leave the pin. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. All right. Go, you know what, Scott? I'm going to do that right now, actually, while it's on my mind. Go ahead. Give the people uh, your second one. All right. Well, speaking of Instagram, that's a great website to look at pictures. You know what's an even better website? <laughs> the Masters website. Good segue. Um, so it is, it's definitely the best website in all of sports. There's no question about it. It might be the best website on the internet. Everything about it just looks amazing. Now, mind you, they have easy material to work with, but it's so well put together. All the information is there. During the tournament, they have the scoreboard, which looks like the manually operated scoreboard. It's just perfectly done, and if a website could make you feel like you're at a tournament, that one does. So, there you go. Best website out there. I'm going to piggyback on that and tell you what I find amazing. I found the picture. I'm putting it on Instagram as we speak of you eating a pimento cheese sandwich. Here is one of the most amazing things about it. The Masters website 
is literally dead for 50 weeks a year. Oh, yeah. Totally. And then within the week preceding and the week of the Masters Tournament, they have enough material to keep you satisfied for three months. That's very true. Yep, absolutely. It's just, it's crazy. It's literally crazy. And it's, it's, it's a great choice. I love it. My second thing is, especially like in today's digital world where everything is um, interconnected and you can find out anything about anybody. I mean, and, and look, who are we to complain? You know, we're, we use this technology to broadcast our golf thoughts to totally. like minded individuals. But the ambiance and that turn-back-the-clock feel of the tournament, the air of properness while on the property, calling fans patrons, um, no running, cheap prices, the not you know the, the the cell phone policy, which is you are not allowed to bring in a cell phone. You can't even have cameras during tournament proper, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm. practice rounds. You can, but during tournament proper, you can't have a camera there. All these things that harken back to like the 40s and 50s, just to, to me as like an idealist, I mean, I just am completely enamored with that aspect of the tournament. Well, yeah, and they, you know, and they, you know, the, the respect for the history of the, the tournament also, you know, just going, it starts off with the ceremonial first shot. Right. You know, so they're bringing back people who have been great there, who, you know, love, love the course, who, you know, want to keep going back. So, you know, absolutely. That, that turn back the clock feel, that respect for history, the respect for the game itself, definitely agree. All right, Scott. Definitely. You're, you're now uh, Instagram famous on our Instagram account, Leave the Pin. Uh, we actually just started it. Last week, because uh, I was playing golf, and a buddy of mine said, "Why don't you do an Instagram account?" And I said, mm-hmm. "Well, I, I don't have enough time doing the Twitter, and uh, you know, doing like my own Instagram." He's like, "Well, you should do it just so you have the name, so no one can take it." I said, oh, "That's a good idea." So I did it, and uh, it's been awesome because I love the interaction with people. Much, much more in-depth interaction on Instagram than there is on Twitter, and I just love posting our golf pictures places. So it's a perfect, perfect match. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be cool. All right, All right give me yeah, give me your third. Let me have it. All right, so I, and again, I like golf club, golf course, golf tournament merchandise. Yes, the merchandise of the Masters is a cut above. It's it's stupid in the best use of the word stupid ever. It's ridiculous what they have. So, and not only do they have everything, the logo because it's the Masters, everyone knows it. It screams class, and you're not going to buy anything there and wear it and have someone go, that's a stupid-looking hat. You get a bowl of soup with that. If they say that, punch them in the throat. Uh, Well, and I wouldn't have to worry about it because no one's ever going to say that. Right. I mean, everything I've ever seen that's come out of there looks amazing. All right, what is your favorite piece of, of Masters merch that you own? Um, my favorite piece of Masters merch that I own, um, I'm probably wearing the hat in the picture, but that, that trucker hat that I bought. Yes. That's a dope hat. 
still still have it. Um, I still wear it when I golf. Um, terrific hat. My favorite thing is one of our family traditions is that we buy an ornament from everywhere that we travel to. Mm-hmm. So it's gotten to the point where our Christmas tree is mostly ornaments for those places. Well, when we were there, we thought, man, it would be awesome if the Masters had an ornament. And we looked at each other and we're like, well, I, I doubt they're going to have Christmas ornaments. It's a golf tournament. Oh, I was wrong, Scotto. We have this 24-karat gold Augusta National clubhouse replica that's a, a ornament with the year that we went, which is 2013. It says 2013 Masters Tournament around, and the, and the clubhouse spins. That old Georgian antebellum oh. clubhouse spins inside the gold circle, if you will. I mean, it, it, it is front and center on our tree every year. Every November when we put the tree up, I look at it and I just like, you know, it's the greatest memories. I mean, y- you go to the masses with your wife and your best friend. You're at the epitome of golf. I mean, just the gr- I, one of the greatest mm-hmm. golf properties in the world. I, there's only one other in my mind, two others in my mind that compare, but... Even those two that I'm thinking of are, they just don't have the history. It's not Augusta. No, no, no. All right, my um, my third is just the excitement of the year's first major, right? And I don't mean the Players mm-hmm. Championship. Uh, and it piggybacks off yours with the merch, but it's the new apparel that all the golfers are wearing. That all the um. Clothing companies are coming out with all the club companies are coming out with stuff. I just, I eat that stuff up. I geek out over the new stuff that that everyone's wearing and showing off yep. at the and Masters. All the, yeah, all the little subtle Augusta touches. I mean, yeah, there's some stuff that's like definitely in your face. Like it's green and yellow with Augusta, but then like I don't know if you saw Jordan Spieth's shoes this week. Yep. This week. Yep. He's got like pine straw insoles, and on the inside they kind of like sewed in somehow like the scoreboard from 2015 when he won uh, it, it was really well done don't even get me started on shoes Scott because uh, yeah, no, I know. Adidas <laughs> Adidas today dropped a pair of cross knit 3.0 golf shoes and they were called the Georgia Ice Cream Peach yep. yeah I saw those too <clears throat> well they sold out in about two minutes and I had a pair in my cart, and I walked out the door of my office, and the Wi-Fi must have switched over to a different system within the building. Oh, no. And it told me, and I had my credit card information in, I had everything, and I went to hit the purchase button, and then it told me that it wasn't valid. So I refreshed, and it logged me out of the site, and I got back in, saw my size was gone, saw my size had popped back up with one left, and then saw that everything on the site had been sold out within two minutes of release. Can't win. Nope, nope. But I got a cool pair of uh, Nike Tour PGA Championship ones as well as the Puma um, Arnold Palmer from Bay Hill 
golf shoes those, this year. Those are cool. Yeah, those uh, are those yeah. are really dope, and I'm not a big Puma fan at all. But having Arnie's umbrella on the back and the pink and green inlay work on the shoes is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty comfortable, gotcha. too, for, like, classic look. I'm not a real classic-looking golf shoe guy, and they definitely tend to lean towards that. I like more of a sport-based shoe, but these are pretty decent. Um, all right, we're off track. Scott, three things you – anything you dislike about the Masters? Because I got a few things. As, uh, as So perf- I got nothing. Okay. I, I thought about it, and then I was just like, you know what? Even the things I don't like, I kind of sort of do. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell that you. that makes sense. <laughs> no. It, you know what? It doesn't. I'm going to argue with this one here. Because if it made sense, Scott, are, are you upset that you're not at the Masters? Am I upset I'm not at the Masters? Yeah. Yes. I'm upset I'm not at the Masters either. And that's my biggest problem is the difficulty of getting tickets. Now, I have been in the Masters Lottery for 15 years now, and we mm-hmm. won once. Yep. I don't yep. need to go every decade. I mean, I, sorry, I don't need to go every year, but I would like to go once every seven years, every six years. I yeah, wish that would be nice. I wish there was a way to... Extend tickets out to normal people and to get it a little bit more out of the hands of corporations. Yeah, yeah I, um, I get you. That's so I, I thought about agreeing with you there, and I do agree with you. But the fact that it is difficult, I think, is also part of that mystique. I, I agree. It's just I want to be at the Masters. Yeah, me too. Here's my here's my other thing. A woman like Justine Reed is allowed on the course, and you and I are not allowed on the course. This is also something I dislike about the Masters. So again, and I thought about that positive spin on it: the fact that her husband is a past champion, and because of that, he gets to go there forever. I like that. Yeah, but so, nobody likes him. True, true, true. Or her. That, that, no. Probably so her like, less than I him. I like that respect for the past champion. Okay. All right, Scott. Fair enough. You're making valid points. Uh, speaking of Justine, you think she tries to crash the champion's dinner? Uh, I think she's just going to show up there in a handmade green jacket and just be like, what? I can't come? That's 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 my guess. She's uh, she's in, she's know, interesting. Like, the pictures, good. No, nah, she's she's an interesting woman, dude. She is. You know that like picture they post of all the champions like sitting around the table. You know, <laughs> yeah. every year. <laughs> Do you think her head will be look, like on the look side? Really closely because <laughs> she's gonna be like sneaking into the side or something. Her head will pop like up door- in between she's Tiger's like in a lap. Doorway. Yeah, it'll be like fine. Like uh, where's Waldo? Play where's Justine Reed? Mm. Um, and and he, here here's the last thing. And again, um, yeah, I hate this. I hate that it's such a small field. We have 89 competitors this year at the Masters tournament. Yep. 30, yeah, 30 of those ever. 30 of those are old past champions or amateurs that have no zero chance of winning. So. 
I understand it's a very difficult field to get into. It's a very difficult event to get into. But it is also the easiest of the majors to win. Um, and, I, and, and, and I mean that by saying it's the easiest to win by number of people that you have to beat. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because look, I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Here's a great point Jack Nicholas made once. He said, in a full field event, there are already 75 guys which cannot win. Then there are another 30 who can play well, but know in their minds that they can't win. So that leads me to 20 people that truly believe they can win that week. And he says, look, I've only got to beat 20 people. And it's even less at a major. Think about it this way. 89 people. There's easily 30 that are over the hill that are not even going to probably break par. All right? We're down to 59 people now. Augusta is a course that you need to have played it multiple times. You need to have a history there in order to understand the green complexes because this is a second-shot course. Anybody and their mother can hit the fairway at Augusta. That is not the challenge. The challenge comes from... Where can you position your ball on the green from your second shot? And do you remember what the ball does in those positions? Because a lot of times at Augusta, you are not going to see exactly what the ball is going to do, nor will you feel it with your feet. Nope. So that eliminates probably another 20 people, right? So again, now we're down to like 35 people that can win. Well, let's be honest. 15 to 20 of those don't believe they could ever win the Masters. So we're down to about 15 to 20 people that can actually win this week. Mentally, they're on par, mm-hmm. and physically, they're in good form. Yeah, I think I read somewhere, the number's like 12 to 15, unless something goes right. Like, everything goes right for some, for some guy. Oh, sure. So, of course, you know, there's, yeah. there's dumb luck. I mean, um, oh, God, I, why can't I think of his name? Uh... Fuzzy Zeller, didn't Fuzzy Zeller win in his first appearance ever? Was it Fuzzy or Lee Trevino? Yep, no, it was, Lee Trevino does not have a match. Yeah, I, was, I, I didn't think so. It was Fuzzy so, Zeller. So Fuzzy yeah. Zeller wins in his first time ever. I mean, let's be honest, it's dumb luck. Uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, he played great, he's a great golfer, but at a course like this, you know, he got a good kick here or there. You know what I mean? Yep. And didn't have to rely yep. so much on that background, the historical background of, of course knowledge. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right. I'm going to agree with you on that one. Yeah. So, uh, Scott, I know we're going to talk about the Masters in, in our time there on the next pod, but give me the winner. So, my winner, I am going... Hmm. Looking at the whole... I am going to take Justin Thomas. Very interesting pick. Very interesting pick. There is one man that I will pick forever until he tells me he is no longer going to play the Masters tournament. Do you know who that man is, Scott? Uh, I have my other two guys, so... I'm going to go with Tiger for you. 100%. Yep. 
He he was my other one. And then my third guy, you want to know my 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 other pick would have been? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Spieth. I would like nothing Bye. more than to see him I, I destroy know. the course. I know. He's got no finish worse than 11. Yeah. He's had the best first five years in Masters history. And he should be a two-time Masters champ. Mm. I, I mean, <laughs> you could make the argument last year, too. I mean, he doesn't hit that branch on 18. Who knows what happens? He could be a three-time Masters champ. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. I mean, it's the dude just turns into Superman there. And yeah. believe me, I mean, Scott, he's looked like Clark Kent a lot these last three months. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Again, I feel like he walks on property and things click. I understand. I understand. I don't disagree. I'm going with Tiger, but if he wins, I mean, that's the story of the year. Oh, yeah. I will. If Tiger wins, that's the story of the decade. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you this. I have a big picture of number 12 hanging in my office at work and when tiger was going through all of his stuff you know thanksgiving eve and getting nine iron smacks yep. through his car and about a year or two later a buddy of mine said you don't really believe he can get back to number one in the world you don't really believe he can win again you you don't really believe he can win a major again do you and i said 100 percent i said because you have no idea what and who Tiger Woods is, who Eldrick Taunt Woods is. And I said, I don't from a personal level, but from someone deeply involved in the game, I have a very good understanding of where his head lies. And so he said, I bet you $5 by the time Tiger retires that he will never win another major. So we put that up there. We both signed it, and it's hanging under mm-hmm. number 12 in, at Augusta in my office. And so I would like to just walk in on a Monday and open my hand and point mm-hmm. to that picture, and that would be the most satisfying $5 I would ever have made. <laughs> I'd say. All right, Scotto, anything else for the people, or should we get into a few uh, shout-outs for uh, sponsors and then let people know the podcast rundown for the rest of the week? All right, go some shout-outs. All right, so... Um, Let's just uh, let's give ourselves a shout out. Follow us on Twitter at leave underscore the underscore pin, or check out our new Instagram page with a ton of golf picks, all Masters related this week. At leave the pin. Also, give a shout out to our boys over at fadegolfandstuff.com. You can check them out on Insta as well, and train on main.com. And you can check them out on the internet as well as Instagram. So, Scott, we're going to do our next pod this week is going to be basically our on-course experience at Augusta. Give the people a little idea of what it's like to be there, to be a patron, the excitement in receiving those Masters lottery tickets, and kind of a whole entire rundown, right? Absolutely. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then after that, we'll get into our normal schedule. Sunday night, we'll record after the Masters and give you the kind of whole entire rundown of it's man hey it's master's week baby it is master's week um i'm off of work on friday and all i can say is right now i have at least three screens ready to go amen amen 
So, Scott, usually I always end the podcast with, say, get busy golfing or get busy dying, and I'm going to switch it up this week, buddy. Are you cool with that? Go for it. You either get busy watching the Masters or get busy dying. See you next time, people. Good night.